Two middle-aged men in Cleveland, episode 119. Ken Dworsnik, Ted Klopp. Ted, it's been a while since I've talked to you. Yeah, we missed a week. Have basically come up with that, but we missed a week. Yeah. But I didn't really have anybody reach out to me to say, hey, you guys going to have a show this week or not? Usually I do, but that's okay. <laughs> we know still people, many, many are listening. Right off the top. 19. This this should be an easy one for you today for the Browns well, and we, also for the Cleveland Guardians. Are we uh allowing Bernie Kosar or are we Oh, that's done. Yeah. You're done. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't believe you didn't say Miles Austin or Corey Coleman. Right. Frisman Jackson, I know, is one of your favorite players. We oh. could have a whole podcast on him. Yeah. Shortest Rashad one. Rashad Perriman. Yeah. I know you're a huge Rashad Perriman oh, fan. I have his jersey. And Reggie Raglan, he's on the team now, and I don't think he's even playing. So I think he's hurt. <laughs> what about for the uh, Guardians? The, in all actuality, there's basically been one guy who's wore this jersey for a very long time. He's a good feller. He is a good feller. Rapid Rob. Yeah. What Cavaliers? What do you think? Maybe maybe Cavaliers, a couple of Cavaliers? Um, there's been somebody recent that had 19. Am I right? You are correct. Uh, I, I I don't know who it is, though. Raul Neto, he played last year. Yeah. One of the best, a guy who made like a huge shot in a game or a couple games and then basically did nothing else, who probably has the greatest nickname, courtesy of Kenny Rhoda, who was on our podcast early on, Damon Jones. Oh, yeah. Booby. No. No. I'm thinking of Booby Gibson. Yeah. Damon Jones, Eamon Owens, no D, no J. One of the greatest nicknames I think I've ever heard. Yeah. And then, of course, the Hall of Famer played one season. Lenny Wilkins, 73 to 74. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Not a bad coach either. No, no. He's pretty good. Yeah. He's pretty good. Wow. Well, you know, the last time we talked, I rattled off uh, some some, uh, purchases that my son had made. At scout camp. Yeah, that's and, right. <laughs> uh, so I wanted to clarify. So, you know, he came he came back and uh, we talked about the receipts and then he had to go back to camp. He came home for a baseball playoff game. Um, so one of those large purchases was actually a good thing. A uh, buddy of his did not have a debit card or whatever and couldn't get a hold of his mom or dad or whoever. So my son bought him the book that he needed for the activity and said he'd the kid had said he'd pay him back or whatever oh how about that yeah so um and then there was a t-shirt that he bought from last year that my wife nearly committed harry carey because of and yeah he uh he wound up returning that on his own wow and he understood you know, when we talked to him, he, he kind of understood that he had gone a little overboard and he probably spent the last three days he was there, maybe 10 bucks total. So wow. he, he seemed to get the hang of it pretty quick. That's great. Good for yeah. him. Hey, being a man for others, though, helping other people that's out. Right. Yeah, that's Gotta that's great that. stuff. Good work, Mr. Klopp. That's all. That's all your work there. Absolutely. I know you'll say this on the podcast. No credit to your wife. at all. It's all you, right? It, of course saying? it is. Of course. I love it. Not two middle-aged men and his wife. It's two middle-aged men. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Did you see this ranking 
about bad driving. No, I did not. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We got to talk about this. Cleveland has terrible drivers. There's a uh, there's a new study out from Consumer Affairs, and they used uh, in their study, they used things like uh, car crashes, pedestrian fatalities, car crash fatalities, and percentage of fatal accidents, speeding, all that kind of stuff. Based on that info, Cleveland has the six worst, worst drivers in the country. Wow. Six worst. We're at a score of 47.3. The average score was 27.2. So we're <clears throat> above average in this we, particular we one. We are definitely above average. Uh, the top five, St. Louis was fifth. Macon, Georgia, fourth. Albuquerque third, Baton Rouge, Louisiana was second. And topping the list with a score of 86.6. Oh. Memphis, Tennessee. Wow. Yeah. Well, you've driven around Cleveland. Obviously, you're part of Cleveland Heights. I live in Rocky River, but we both do business and things downtown. I'll throw this to you. Have you seen much more ridiculous and crazy driving let's say in the last six months that you've seen before or is it about consistent i think it's just consistently bad yeah <laughs> i would agree with that I, I i drove back and we have out and about later on went to one of the guardians games came back and we got caught with a little bit of rush hour which oh, i don't hit very often because i do a lot of stuff in the house but awen does oh my gosh ted you <laughs> <laughs> you better step it up, man, yep. or you're going to get plowed over. I oh, mean, yeah. Just forget the speed limit. Just keep up with all the other cars and be ready for 15 different people to cut you off and go from here. I mean, if you're not driving defensively, you're going to get in a wreck. It was. It is pretty nuts. 480 is the same way. Speed limits and traffic lights are what most people think of as suggestions. Yes. Yes. So, 100% correct. Yeah. Wow, let's let's get it better, Cleveland. Let's do yeah. better. We're better than this. By by the way, Macon, Georgia, fourth on the list. That's my that is my all time favorite baseball team. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah, the Macon Whoopie. <laughs> it's my favorite minor league baseball team. That's not surprising. I don't think they're around anymore, but you know. All right. Well, uh, coming up on this week's show, we have a young boy who decides to give a random pep talk. Contractors working outside a middle school apparently can't spell. And how many times can you jump rope in one minute? Mm. There's a new world record holder for that achievement. His name's not Ted Klopp, nor is it Ken Dworznik. But we've got that and more still to come. And now, a woman's perspective. What's the best way to force a man to do sit-ups? Put the remote control between his toes. This has been A Woman's Perspective. Ken, some good news. A young boy heading down a street decided to stop at a random house with a doorbell camera, and he said this. You can see me. Get out of your book. And you matter, all right? There's always going to be somebody that cares about you. And you're a good person. No matter what people say, you matter. 
Ignore them. They're losers. The ding-dong ditching you. I'm just trying to say something nice. Like, I don't know what they're doing. They're running away and stuff. I'm just trying to say that you matter, man. Or girl. Whoever you are, you matter to someone. Just keep that in mind. Don't forget that. How about that? You matter. You matter. Southwest News Agency posted that video on YouTube. The boy was not identified, nor was the location. But how about that? Just stop at, the, stop at somebody's door and give a random pep talk. That's awesome. That is the slogan of Bernie Kosar. You've probably seen him say that on different social media and stuff. Has to do with the University of Miami, but uh, obviously caring for people. Congrats to that young man. That's really, really cool. Time for another Cleveland history lesson. We're joined by historian John Grabowski and one of the, uh, I would say, most uh, well-known historical landmarks, at least if you're from Cleveland, I would say, is the old stone church right down there on uh, Public Square. Not one of the biggest, but I don't know of anybody from Cleveland who doesn't know the name, the old stone church. Is Is that a fair uh assessment of its uh significance and uh people who know about it john yeah it it, it is it's a fair assessment it is um and it's the oldest structure on public square okay and it has it has a long history uh, but it's also indicative really of of the roots of cleveland because our public square is a town commons that would be you would find in any new england town and that's the first thing's 10 10 plus a little bit acres and if you look at any town commons in northeastern Ohio, if you go to Talmadge, you're going to find a church on the town commons or the square. And and so our church has survived there. Uh, interesting story. It, it starts in 1819 as a plan of union Sunday school. And these were Congregationalists and Presbyterians who had sort of had a plan of union. And that Sunday school met uh, in the first wooden courthouse, uh, log cabin courthouse on uh, public square and so that that gave birth really to to the church um and then they they really started the sunday school full-time in 1820 um and in 1827 they they incorporated the first presbyterian society and that's and that's the church it was wooden at first and then they uh, built a sandstone church um between 1831 and 1833 and that's where the name old stone comes from so that was the first church uh, but as Cleveland grew, the, the church itself expanded. And so in 1853, um, there's a Georgian revival church, basically the structure that is almost there now that, that was created. And that one was completed in 1855 on the same site as the church. So we're looking at the same site right on Ontario and on the square that's going up. Two years later, uh, this firm called Heard and Porter built that. Two years later, it burned. Oh, okay. so it's in 1857, there's a fire, so they rebuild it. Um, the exterior wall survived, the steeple fell down. There's a whole story about that. And then uh, they added a spire in 1868 after the Civil War. It was a place where a lot of things were there. And let me just go to the, the catch here. There was a second fire in 1884, a severe fire. And one of the most famous architects in Cleveland history, Charles Schweinfurth, uh, designed the rebuilt. He re- redesigned the rebuilt uh, interior of the church in, uh, in sort of a Romanesque revival style, and and that's what you see today. I mean, there's a spire that's changed as well. 
But the incredible thing is the stained glass inside there, Tiffany and Lafarge windows. And, you know, the Mather and the Stone families were there. And so that church has been an icon on the square. And I think many Clevelanders don't realize that the first immigrants who were Chinese that came to Cleveland settled in the area along Ontario to the north of the square, north of the church. And that church served as a missionary church for them. So there's a connection with our Asian American community with that church. Um, it, you go on and on and on, and it it's still there. And it does a lot of outreach work now for the poor and the humble. You know, it's it's a, it was a church that goes back to the origins of Cleveland. I, I'm nattering on a little bit too much, but uh, that is absolutely the symbol of Cleveland. You know, why is the church so dark, you know, outside? Well, you know, years of pollution, whatever else you could see that there. But uh, yeah, it is a landmark and it's just more than the church. It's this, you know, it's the ancillary structure behind, which does a lot of outreach to the community right now. John, the one thing I found very interesting about the church is that the design of it has really never changed. Obviously, they had to rebuild because of the two fires, but they kind of did a renovation project. If you want to talk about the, that a little bit in 1999, I believe they did some renovation to the church where they brought an architectural firm to work on it. What can you talk to us about they, that? They, they redid the interior, cleaned the interior up, and you need to get to the interior of the church to see the woodwork, the pews and, and the stained glass window. I mean, it looks like old stone on the outside, but when you walk into the structure, it was apt, it'll absolutely blow you away. And I, I think that's that's what you're talking about. A lot of the renovation that was was done at that time for the church. And, and that was just after the city's bicentennial that they were working on that as well. So it, it is an icon. Oh, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, and, and some of the old families, you know, will still go there, but it is it it serves a new Cleveland now. And to have been on that same spot really since the 1820s, you know, not the same structure, but the same spot is incredible. No, there's no doubt. John, yeah. it's one of those places when you walk by, you see it, you know, and I've had the opportunity to go into it. It is just, in my opinion, one of the nicest icons that, that Cleveland yeah. has in the area. It really, know, I, I can tell a little personal story here. I'm, I'm, I'm a lapsed Roman Catholic. My wife's a Congregationalist. So, you know, I was a Presbyterian. Presbyterianist church when the two groups were merged and uh and so you know we uh we often talk about that and one of the things i know is that that you know cleveland at that time gambling was not something you wanted to, to do gambling gambling came slowly to cleveland I, I think the fact that there was a casino across the square from the church has probably set the founders spinning in their graves <laughs> I can imagine so. You okay? Right, John, well, uh, uh, there it is, the old stone church, uh, an icon, uh, I think we could say, for uh, downtown Cleveland. Thanks, John. You're welcome. Ted, we're out and about Northeast Ohio. Did not get out of the area like I have previously, but uh, I have a pretty good list here, and I know you have a list, so we'll just get right to it here. Special shout-outs to these different local businesses, basically, is what I have listed here. Buckeye Beer Engine, of course. GV Art and Design. They have some of the coolest T-shirts you can get for all the different Cleveland teams and all that, so I actually picked some up the other day there. 
Red Wine and Brew in Westlake. I did a couple different tastings there. That is a great place to pick up your beverages. A place that you need to go to with your kids. Remix Ice Cream. And it's a it's an ice cream and a cereal bar in Lakewood, Ted. They basically mix different sundaes with different different types of cereals. It's really good. I know your kids will love it. And not very expensive either. Mm. I went to Market in Rocky River, Avo Modern Mexican on West 25th Street in Cleveland. Really good. Played some, well, I call it yelling at a ball for three hours, but I call it <laughs> golf as well. At Boulder Creek in Streetsboro. What a beautiful course. And I think only lost three balls, so that's not so bad. Costin Vicks in Parma, Southside Diner in Parma, Rivals in Berea. I went to two Guardians games. My record now with the Guardians, I am 10 and 2. Ooh. So I, I, I need to go to more games. Yeah, you do. As many different people know, it's they could use all the help they can get. <laughs> um, went to a new place in Cleveland. A when I checked it out after one of the Guardians games. It's called Five Iron Golf. Might be a place you want to take your kids. It's uh, basically a simulator. Whoa. They have, I don't know, 15 to 20 different simulators where you basically hit off a simulator. They have a bar. You get some food. Very cool. It's on Euclid Avenue right across the street from Heinen's. And we also went to Heinen's as well and did a beer tasting. So we were quite busy in the Dorsnick household. Um, a lot of it eating and drinking, trying to keep down the weight. And after the list I just read you, there's no way in hell I'm going to keep my weight down. So <laughs> I throw it to you, sir. You had a. Uh, I think a very active week with your family. What did yeah. you guys do? So a couple of weeks ago, we went to the Akron rubber ducks game. I don't know if you've been there, but that's a great environment. Uh, enjoyable time, obviously more affordable um, than uh, a major league game. I really like, they have a hat that I didn't have a chance to get, but it's literally looks like the rubber duck that you played with when you were a kid in the bathtub. Oh, that's cool. On the hat. So if I have a chance to get that particular hat, I will do that. Um, so we we enjoyed that. Then we went on a little mini vacation to the northern and I guess maybe central Kentucky area. Nice. We went to this thing called the Ark Encounter. It is a uh, full-size... Um, replica of Noah's Ark or what they think was the size of Noah's Ark. And they explained to you how they came up with the size that they produced and whatnot. And it's big and it's, I was just going to say, I I've always seen articles about it and people have yeah. talked about, it. is it, is it pretty cool? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously it's a religious uh, uh, oriented uh, experience, but you know, it's just interesting from the standpoint of if you uh, believe the story of Noah's Ark, here's what it looked like. It's 550 feet, I think, long wow. or something like that. And I mean, they show they have animal cages inside and they explain here's how they would have handled this and that and blah, 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 blah. And they go through the whole thing. So it's, hmm. um, that's cool. Yeah. It's really impressive. And there's, um, some other, um, there's a, a carousel that they have and a 3d experience. And I think they're adding some other things. Um, but it's, it's pretty, it's pretty impressive. The only thing that 
not a bad thing, but I didn't really understand was um, the parking lot is you have to park and take a bus to the arc in that area. It's like hmm. going to Disney World and hopping on the monorail to get to the theme park. And I just, I mean, it's not Disney World. It's not that big. I just wonder what the thought is on having to maintain all these buses <clears throat> and bus people up there as opposed to having the parking lot be right yeah. next to the attraction. But Something special happened in between the parking lot and the exhibit or just, you're right, just on a bus? Not as of the moment. Uh, okay, it's, interesting. It's, you know, undeveloped land. Huh. So I don't know. So we did that. We also went to a thing called the Creation Museum, which was more... It's owned by the same group that owns the Ark and, you know, just more about the uh, religious viewpoint on creation and things like that. And they actually, this was interesting, they put scientific viewpoint on whatever the subject was and then uh, religious or their religious hmm. viewpoint. So you could, um, you could see both points of view, which I thought was pretty fascinating. That is cool. So did that uh we also went to a couple caves we went to the crystal cave and the diamond cave nice and i did 350 steps down and up and i'm here to tell you about it so well done i say Got that's it. a win that is a win uh we went to those are both beautiful caves not part of the mammoth cave structure but both really cool beautiful uh caves Really glad we did that. The kids uh, enjoyed it. They were a little reluctant to do the second one, but we got them to do it. And then they were like, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad I did that. That was That's awesome. cool. Um, did a thing called Dinosaur World, which was a, a display on dinosaurs. And then we went to a Bowling Green Hot Rods game hmm. because we were in the area and because two of my sons, their team name in their baseball league this year was the Hot Rods. Oh, that's cool. So was that a, uh, what is that? Independent baseball? No, it's a uh, minor league. It's high a for the Tampa Bay Rays. Oh, wow. Okay. So very cool. And for 16 bucks, we were first row next to the dugout behind the on deck circle. How about that? Isn't that, that nice? was unbelievable. That's I mean, cool. the guys could hear us talking. Yep. There was one guy who, um, I don't know, there was a called strike, and the guy uh, dropped an F-bomb that that was not a strike. And then he kind of turned and he said, I'm sorry, excuse my language. I mean, you could clear yeah. as a bell. And that is I, cool. The number 13 for the um, Hot Rods, Willie Vasquez is his name. I turned to my one son and I said, hey, he has your number, number 13. Well, Willie Vasquez heard me say that and came over and gave my son a fist pump through the through the, um, the fence. And then in the next in the next time he was up, my son had said, hey, can I play you uh, rock, paper, scissors for a ball? <laughs> next time the guy was up, he brought him a ball. Our son went and got a, uh, a Sharpie, and the guy came out after the game and signed the ball, took some pictures. It was great. That's first class. That's Super. great stuff. That's so, cool. Good for awesome you. Time. That's awesome. awesome. That that's, a, that's a heck of an out and about. I'm, I'm very impressed. You are certainly uh, 
getting the outreach of, of different parts of Ohio and moving into Kentucky. I appreciate that. And I, I imagine our listeners do as well. And uh, as always, ladies and gentlemen, please support your local businesses as we continue to go out and about. The most trusted name in journalism, Klops Clips. All right, here we go, Ken. Uh, police in Atlanta are looking for a robbery suspect, or maybe I should say an attempted robbery suspect. Surveillance video shows the guy entering the nail first nail salon. Everybody get out! Get out of the money! It's got the boxes! Get out of the money! That's him saying, get down and give me all your money. The patrons pretty much ignored the guy. <laughs> You, you heard the phone ringing in the background? Well, the owner just went over and answered the phone while the guy was saying that. The guy had his hand in a bag to suggest he had a gun, but eventually he just gave up and left in a silver-colored sedan. <laughs> no arrests yet. Well, he tried. Give it. me all your money. Oh, you, you don't want? Oh, okay, never mind then. Former President Donald Trump and other Republican presidential hopefuls were in Iowa over the weekend for the Iowa GOP's Lincoln Dinner. They each took the stage for 10-minute speeches to the same song. The intro song, the walk-up song, was Brooks and Dunn's Only in America. Now, when Donald Trump came out, he came on stage right as a certain lyric in the song blared, and the lyric said... One could end up going to prison. <laughs> now, Trump, as you probably know by now, is facing several federal and criminal federal criminal charges. No comment from the Trump campaign or the Iowa GOP about that particular song selection. Timing sometimes is just outstanding. One could end up going to prison. Fist pump, fist pump, fist pump. Yeah. <laughs> A Virginia woman has received more than 100 packages from Amazon that she oh, didn't no. order. They include about 1,000 headlamps, 800 glue guns, and dozens of binoculars. Cindy Smith has been giving the stuff away. Amazon looked into the situation. They figured out that the seller was located in China and decided to have the packages shipped to a random address in order to remove the unsold merchandise from Amazon fulfillment centers. Wow. So they didn't want to pay for the housing of their material in the Amazon warehouse anymore. They decided it was better to just get rid of it. So just purchase it and give it to random people. Send it out. Wow. Robin Hood. I'm not sure what I would do with 800 glue guns, but hey, you can have it. There you go. Now there's a problem outside... Mount View Middle School in Holden, Massachusetts. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but there's a problem. It's kind of a big one. The street was supposed to be painted with the words slow school, you know, to get people to slow down. However, well, the contractor misspelled the word school. Oh, no. Yeah, they painted it S-H-C-O-O-L. School. School. (laughs) School. The mistake has now been there for about two weeks. The contractor hasn't been able to fix it yet due to the weather. (laughs) So for now, it's still a school. 
cool. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I guess if you're going to make that mistake, just make sure, go all the way. Make it in front of the school, right? Make it in front of the school and then don't change it right away. Leave right. it. Make sure everybody can see it. Yes. Uh, in, in sports, we have some scores. 6 to 3, 7 to 5, and 9 to 8. Ooh. Yeah. Close one. I'm Ted Klopp. That's news to me. Achiever, and it could be one of my relatives. A Polish <laughs> soccer fan now owns a Guinness World Record. Pawel Shashinsky has played the video game Football Manager for 455 days and 15 hours, amounting to <laughs> 528 years and 137 days of in game time. My God. That's. <laughs> <laughs> he started the game. In January of 2018, and managed his virtual team through 25,084 matches with the 73% win rate. Oh my God! I might keep that to myself. That, I'm not that's lie. Uh, yeah. 453 I, I, days. I mean, I get on my kids sometimes about playing a lot of video games, but this guy's just continually been on. He's never gotten off. So there we go. I. Uh... I, I'm with you. I don't know that that's, I mean, half a millennium yeah. in, the, in the game time. <laughs> oh, God. I, I, that gives new meaning to the, here's our roster for this year. Well, this guy's dead. Cross him off then. Uh, oh well, not to be outdone, a 16-year-old Chinese boy now owns the Guinness World Record for skipping rope. He skipped 374 times, 374 times in a minute. Wow. That breaks a 10-year-old record held by a Japanese jumper. So I guess Asia is where you go if you're good at jumping yes, rope. The, 100%. The, the old record was 348 skips in a minute. By the way, I did the math. 374 skips is more than six jumps per second. Wow. Three hundred and seventy-four in in sixty seconds. That's a lot of movement there. I'm, yeah. I'm very impressed. That's that that one. I I definitely would tell people about the uh, the guy playing the football manager game. No, well, no Polish power over there. Find something else to do. What so. one of these people has really good cardio, and <laughs> we'll let you figure out who that is. The other guy's got strong thumbs. <laughs> for you time for more cleveland sports history our horse sports historian dusty sloan is with us we're going to go back to july 29th 1928 the indians score 17 runs in the first two innings of a game en route to a 24 to 6 beating of the yankees Boy, that sounds nice to say, at Dunn Field. And they also record a record uh, 24 singles in a game. Dusty, uh, 17 runs in the first two innings. What can you tell us about this game? Was 
Was the who was pitching? Anybody? Now this is always a fun time when we can talk about the Indians beating the Yankees. But yes, the uh, the Yankees did not have a whole lot of good pitching going on that day. In fact, they had two of their five pitchers who didn't even get an out in the game. So the, the Indians got a complete game from Joe Shout, which makes it awfully easy when you give him 24 runs and just kind of thumb it in there, as like we used to say in softball. But, yeah, I mean, again, you said 21 singles, two doubles, a triple, no homers, and obviously eight runs in the first, nine in the second, and for good measure, six in the sixth, and uh, got a few field goals and won 24 to six. Dusty, maybe a different question. They said that the game was at Dunfield. Is there a reason it was at Dunfield as opposed to Yankee Stadium, or do they try to play games at Dunfield? I, I've not I've not heard of Dunfield before. Well, the box score says that it was a home game for the Indians at League Park Two, so I don't know hmm. what if Dunfield was a, an original name for League Park Two. I don't know, but hmm. um, yeah, and it also says the attendance was an even twenty five thousand. My guess is that was an estimate. <laughs> they're well, still doing estimates let's so. not let the facts stand in the way of a good story right yeah it. and and even though we beat them 24 to 6 some guy named babe ruth went for four for four with a double that day hmm. who are the pitchers for the game now the yankees started some guy named george pipgrass who even with that loss and not giving up getting it out that day was still 17 and 6 so we must have caught him on a bad day and then we'll see more Gave up six runs in an inning and a third, and then they bring in Miles Thomas, who gives up four and didn't get an out. And then this poor guy, Hank Johnson, comes in and has to wear eight runs and ten hits and four and a third innings. Then they finally got a guy named Archie Campbell in there to throw the last two and a third scoreless. So apparently the Indians ran out of gas there at the end. (laughs) Well, uh, they they, they scored them all uh, early, you know, uh, two touchdowns and a field goal. They go up seventeen nil in the in the second inning. I guess I guess they took care of it. But uh, it's always good to beat the Yankees, and particularly good when you beat them twenty four to six. Thanks, He's had Dusty. a few games like that oh. against them over the years. Yeah. Uh, well, we always enjoy those. We we need more of those. Yes, we do. All right, Dusty. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Cleveland, this is for you. Oh, no, not a dad joke. Ken, you know, I would never date a tennis player. Why's that? Love means nothing to them. That joke was horrible. Coming to the end of episode 119 of Two Middle-Aged Men in Cleveland, uh, we we had quite a bit done this week's show. We can't spell, but we can play video games, by golly. Yeah. And we're going to give pep talks to random people through their doorbells. Yes, we are. And then do a lot of jumping. A lot of jumping. And we're going to, we also heard about the Old Stone Church. And we heard about uh, uh, the Indians and the Yankees. Can you still say Indians? I guess if it's the old team. I mean, at that point in time, I guess you could. Yeah. Yeah. Then it was good out and about, too. A lot of of activity from both of us, which is exciting as uh, school starts here soon. Ted, as you know. Be careful on the roads. Yeah, for sure. Since we're extremely dangerous here in the Cleveland yes. area. Now you had Ted, a rant. You had something. I, I have a rant. You know, yeah. I, I it, this seems like almost like a new segment for for me every week. This is not get off my lawn, guy. But uh, have you noticed? I'm not sure, and I know you at times have to take cars in to get 
fixed and things like that. Have you ever, have you had to buy tires recently at all for any of your cars? Have I had to get new tires? Yes. Well, we have a truck here at work that's getting four new ones. Well, the pricing of those compared to um, October will be up about 20%. Oh, great. So part of the reason for that is that there's a shipping backup, which you could expect. Shipping costs have gone up. And there's a backup right now in Taiwan, who's one of the biggest uh, tire manufacturers. An economy tire for a regular car, and I had to buy, I, I mentioned this before from Conrad's. I, I shout them out. They did a great job with my No, no, no. You whisper ago. them out. Conrad's. Conrad's. I had to get a tire. I, I mean, I'll be very upfront. I paid $300 for the tire, which I don't think was awful. Well, that same tire now, I guess, would cost in the range of anywhere from four to $500. My God. That's what I said. So they're, they're trying to work on this. There was a big story that they've done in all the dis different news channels and all that. Well, hats off to Goodyear. Um, they had the highest fourth quarter sales that they've had in a long time. They were up almost 40% this past quarter. So that's not surprising because of all these different things. But that's my rant right now. Let's, let's figure out what we can do. Many different things are priced very high right now. As we know, we all look at our pocketbooks when we go to the store when we go out to eat and all that but my gosh this tire shortage is going to cause some real huge issues if people have to spend 580 dollars on an economy tire we we need to get that fixed because that's that's pretty expensive well i'm sure joe will take care of it joe and if not then uh who's the what was the lyric of the song uh the one who could end up going to prison, maybe he'll fix it from prison if he's elected. <laughs> That's what we got. Sorry. We got a guy who can't make it up the stairs of Air Force One and another guy who walks out to, we're going to, I'm, I could end, one could end up in prison. That's, those are your choices, folks. That's what we have. Yep. Yep. Once again, we stay right in the middle, but boy, is it humorous just to look at either side. It's, it's shocking. It yeah. is. The other thing that's kind of surprising is the folks, whoever's whatever side they're on, the majority of people are extremely passionate that their guy is the best and has done no wrong, and the other guy is the most incompetent buffoon you've ever seen. Yes, which true. Uh, I always figure the truth lies somewhere in the middle, but who knows. That's exactly right. <sighs> Ted, you good coming up. You gonna uh, hit a hit a small white ball anytime soon? No, I got to take a break from that. We got uh, well school stuff coming up. My son yeah. just started cross country, so we have some team meetings and things like that. My daughter's starting dance. Uh no, I got a wedding to go to for my godchild coming up in Cincinnati uh, next week. Hey, I don't know if you knew this or not. The Browns play Thursday. This I, I figured that out uh, when I was listening to the radio this morning. It's the Hoff, the Hoff game versus yeah. uh, the Jets. Let's everybody gather around and watch a bunch of players that will probably be cut. I mean, yeah. that's what we're going to see. Watch the guys we know stand on the sideline. Yeah. So Joe Thomas will get inducted to the Hall of Fame. That's exciting. Other than that, no, just a lot of got a lot of work stuff going on and just getting ready for school. How about you? Any out and about stuff or running around? How about how about us? Well. We got two boys who are interested in uh, 
travel baseball. Oh. So they've tried out for uh, two different teams. We'll see what happens. Meanwhile, we've got soccer. I'm sorry. We've got hockey for all three. Yeah. Football, tackle football for two of them. (laughs) One of them is playing soccer. uh, The kid who's not playing football. And last year he played flag football, and he's still young enough to play flag football. He didn't sign up for flag football, but the coach emailed and said, hey, I don't see him on the list. Does he want to play? And I said, well, he's playing soccer. I don't know if he can. So this guy checked with our athletic director, and, yeah, he can do both if he wants to. Oh, my. So what the heck? Let's play flag football, too. <laughs> yeah. So Come let me on. get this. All right, let me, let's write this down here. I, I, I need yes. to know this. Okay. So right t- at this point in time, you have what? – let's just pick Fritz. Okay. 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 Rich is playing. He he's, is hockey. He is hockey. He's playing football. He's playing tackle football. And then he's going to try to play baseball as well. Well, yes, but the the games aren't until the spring. There are workouts like oh, once a week. Oh, okay. I thought that was for now because they do no, have travel no, no. baseball in the fall. I don't know so. why, but I think just so they can get them into the routine in the off season. Yeah, correct. But they uh, the tryouts are now. Yeah, it makes sense. Okay, so, understand. Yeah. So football, he's going to do football, and he's got hockey. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I had to prep him for the idea of if you don't make it, don't be too disappointed. You know. So you have the one son that's playing soccer, flag football, and hockey. Yes. Oh, man. Yes, we do. And then the other son's what, just playing flag football and? Uh, Tackle football. Hockey. Oh, tackle football. Okay. And. So the two older ones, so Gus and Fritz are both doing, they've tried out for for baseball, they're playing tackle football, and they're playing hockey. And Hans, the younger one, playing soccer, probably playing flag football, and um, playing hockey. That, that's that's got to be, I mean... You I'm need, exhausted just running it down here. Yeah, you need you need Uber. I mean, you really just need Uber to take some of these kids. Forget Klopp Uber, Cooper. You need actual Uber just to pick the kids up. So, wow. Uh, what does the calendar saying? look like for you guys? How do you how do you, you just put this in Outlook with the other oh, yeah. practices? Oh, God, yeah. Do? I don't know what yeah. people did before there was Outlook. I have no idea. Yeah, I would have to do the same. I always say if we get the right kid to the right place at the right time, it's a good day. Yeah, I understand that. And if we leave with the same kid we showed up with, that's a bonus. That is a huge bonus. Yeah. Yes. Because that's there's been two times when uh, we've taken the either the wrong kid to the event or gone to the wrong location for. But I hey, figured I out think our uh, our overall record is pretty good. Oh my. Yeah. Ted, good luck. I, I wish you the best on this. I'm we'll, need it. we'll have to find out how's the, how this going with with obviously the, the emergence once again of Cooper, Klopp Uber. <laughs> Special thanks to John Grabowski, our historian, our sports historian Dusty Sloan, and of course our listeners. Thank you for being part of this podcast. More fun and exciting stuff. We got a couple of interviews coming up here soon. We do, yeah. So that'll be that'll be great. But uh, Ted, until then, just remember we're two middle aged men in Cleveland. Two Middle-Aged Men in Cleveland is sponsored by Westminster AV, custom audio-visual packages for all occasions.